Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, sponsored by Palo Alto Networks, we dive into Prisma Access 2.0 and how it differs from the first-gen version. We're going to talk about cloud-delivered security, zero-trust network access, the return of proxies, and more. Our guest is Kumar Ramachandran. He is SVP of products at Palo Alto. And Greg, you've got the first question for our guest. So thanks for coming today, Kumar. And we want to talk about this idea of Prisma 2.0. Now, Palo Alto has obviously been innovating around the CloudGenix acquisition since you've arrived. And now we're actually starting to see the transition from SD-WAN to SASE, which has become, well, table stakes, right? So what comes after SASE? What are we doing next? Yeah, uh, Greg, it's great to be here with your audience. Uh, when we look at uh, what's been going on, right, with the pandemic and really this distributed work model that has now taken shape, uh, what has become very clear to us is that we need to be able to both deliver a very powerful network as well as security solution, irrespective of where the user is, home, mobile, or the branch office. Hmm. So with Prisma Access 2.0, what we're doing is uh, really ensuring that our end users have exceptional experiences, right, with a capability called uh, digital experience management. Uh, we're bringing in enhancements to zero trust network access mm -hmm. so that you have very powerful security irrespective of where you are and which application you're accessing. And really also a secure web gateway capability with explicit proxy, right? So just a very feature dense release that allows our yeah. customers to truly embrace this, this distributed work model. So this is kind of getting at the idea that SD-WAN solved the WAN problem. You know, if I was going to, I could replace private circuits with public brand bandwidth, but it was still branch. I still had to have users behind the SD-WAN box. And then what we did was we added security to the SD-WAN box, but now people aren't always in a branch location or in an office location where the traffic can be forced through the SASE slash SD-WAN model. So now we need to start to address this idea of distributed work or remote work, this idea that people are working from home or they're no longer in an office or, in fact, uh, and and that the destinations is not necessarily in a data center. It could be in a cloud or SaaS, right? That's exactly right. Uh, and, you know, it used to be a cliche to say that uh, uh, any user, any application, we need to connect them with security and network, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, whereas now it's a requirement, right? And uh, so, you know, in our own experience, what we've seen is that, uh, Early on in the pandemic, it was okay. I had access to some of my applications. Maybe it was poor performance, poor experience. It was almost cute to be able to say that, oh, my kid's Netflix impacted my Zoom call. <laughs> and everyone had a you know good old laugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's, it's not so funny anymore, right? My home office is uh, an equal workplace as my branch office. And really, IT has to be able to deliver the tools, the security, the performance, so that I'm highly productive anywhere. So this okay. Prisma 2.0, how is it delivered? Is it entirely cloud? Is there a client piece? Is there an appliance I need to get? Yeah, so with uh, Prisma Access 2.0, uh, so it's a highly distributed cloud security service. Right, so it uh, encompasses things like zero trust network access, CASB capabilities, firewalling as a service, mm -hmm. DLP, etc. And then to onboard the end customer, uh, we provide three or four options. Uh, number one, in in the branch, and actually even in the home, you can choose to use an SD WAN device. Right, cloud, the Prisma SD WAN, formerly CloudGenix, seamlessly integrates with uh, this cloud delivered security capability of Prisma Access. 
Uh, we also see people use it even in the home, right? For some of your uh, users where performance is truly at a premium, you can put a CloudGenix device in there. It'll, it's going to apply all the security control, all the performance controls, security coming from Prisma Access. Mm. We also support a client, Global Protect, that allows you to integrate your mobile user, your home user to Prisma Access. And then what we've now done with uh, Prisma Access 2.0 is introduced proxy onboarding mechanism also. We just had several customers say that uh, while they love the client-based approach, it's a richer, more secure approach. Being able to make a quick transition uh, with their current proxy architecture, it just was attractive to them. So let me just drill into that. So most people today would be thinking of remote accesses of putting a VPN client onto a laptop, and then they open it up, click a button, and the VPN tunnel is formed to a concentrator, and then that's in a data center. What you're talking about here is for that for the edge user for the there's two possible modes. There's one which is the fat client idea that it, that there's a software and it connects and it VPNs somewhere to the cloud. Is that right? That's right. So with the global product client, yeah. uh, it's no longer the traditional VPN based approach where you have a concentrator sitting in a data center. Uh, it's going to take you, connect you to the Prisma Access Cloud uh, and the closest Prisma Access entry entry point, right? So you're not going to uh, getting backhaul to some faraway location, mm -hmm. uh, massively distributed with lots of entry points. So it jumps to the closest entry point. And from that, we can take you over our high-speed backbone to the cloud, to internet, back to your data center even if required. And before we do that, we apply the full security stack that Palo Alto brings to bear. So is this where then that zero trust piece comes in, zero trust network access? Yeah, that, that's a great point. So the uh, uh, the access that we provide is policy-based, right? So you can uh, set, set the system up so that you're providing access based on a specific application for a specific user, right? And so you're truly not trusting uh, whether the user is uh, sitting remote or the user is coming uh, quote unquote on site, you're treating all of these users as untrusted and you're applying policy-based entry points into your network for an application, right? Now, one of the things we've seen is that uh, sometimes uh, there is some confusion saying, oh, if I provide policy-based access, is that sufficient? Is that alone zero trust? And our viewpoint is not at all, right? You can't just uh, uh, say that, uh, yeah, I'll have a doorbell, so I can verify who's walking in, uh, but I'm not going to put uh, airport security style uh, inspections, right? You have to, when mm -hmm. someone is passing through uh, an airport security checkpoint, it's not just about checking your passport and making sure you know who the person is, but you also want to do a deep uh, scan of the you person. You want to know where they're going to, what plane they're going, they're going on, to, who else is on the plane, where they, yeah. you know, did the how, they've been the in luggage. the country for how long. There's a whole lot of metadata that you can attach to Zero Trust to build a, a much more complete identity than just username, password, and two-factor. That's exactly right. And Greg, I know you, you also want to do pat-downs. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be judging that, but it is important to keep inspection. Uh, it's, it's, a nature, it's, a, it's a reality, right? Yeah. And so with uh, Zero Trust, uh, it has to be augmented with a full-blown security stack. And that's what we do with Prisma Access 2.0. Uh, we actually brought some great innovations with uh, using machine learning 
uh, I know machine learning has become this, uh, you know, the way everyone was doing cloud washing. Yes, now everyone yeah, loves, to, yeah. <laughs> loves to toss in a little bit of machine learning against uh, any of their technologies. Here's what we did at Palo Alto. Uh, we actually use a machine learning engine to avoid the need for signature-based prevention. Uh, and our own research has shown that the vast majority of threats we are able to stop inline using our inline ML techniques and you don't need signatures, so you don't have this whole issue of uh, the first patient, first victim that needs to happen with every other solution. So this, there's a couple of things going on in here. One is I've got the thick VPN client sending my traffic into the cloud, which is part of Prisma. Then I've got mm -hmm. a thin solution, which is where I ask my web browser to forward to a gateway, right? And then I can access all my web browser. So there's like this thin, thick edge thing going on. If you want to protect your Exchange server or your Microsoft Office environment or you want to protect a web app, you can actually just direct them to a URL, which is then goes through the Prisma cloud and away they go. And you don't need to do anything to their laptop, iPad, iPhone, whatever. It's just all done remotely, right? That's right. So, in, you know, as part of 2.0, we've released uh, proxy capabilities, mm. right? So you can use the proxy-based approaches to connect to Prisma Access. Now, of course, proxies only work for web-based uh, applications. We all know that. Uh, and, uh, you know, our viewpoint is that you have to secure all your applications, not just your web-based applications. In fact, uh, our research shows that 53% of threats impacting uh, remote workers, uh, they're actually for non-web applications. It was very surprising to me when I uh, saw the statistics. So we actually analyzed 500 of our customers and we found that uh, the, the majority of uh, threats impacting customers are still based on non-web. So proxy is a great way to make a migration, but you have to secure all your applications. So I'm going to throw a little piece of history at you. I do believe that the founder of Palo Alto once said that proxies aren't the way forward, that they're not the thing. It, it's interesting how... The, you know, the point was, and I think the point he was trying to make was that at that time, proxies were horrible. And by the way, they were horrible. Um, but that everything that a proxy did in terms of security and application inspection could be done in an application inspection firewall. But now we're in a situation where you can't necessarily put the firewall in line to do the application inspection. You need proxies, right? So so actually, it's slightly different, right? So uh, our... our I don't think our viewpoint that proxies are incomplete has changed, right? Because in the proxy-based onboarding, uh, what you're doing is you're really grabbing web-based traffic. And our point has always been, hey, what happens to the rest of the traffic? Uh, if 53% of the threats are for file-based traffic, uh, unsanctioned IT applications like BitTorrent, uh, you have to make sure that you're securing all your traffic. At the same time, what we recognized is that proxies provide a good onboarding mechanism. You're not changing your network configs. You make a quick transition to Palo Alto's superior security stack, and then away you go. So yeah, so yeah. it's well, consistent I think, I think with there's what, a few things there. I think 10 years ago, proxy software or proxy, the, the code that we were using for proxies was poor. And yeah. I think one of the things the vendors have demonstrated in the last three to five years is that technologies like SD-WAN are better. Like the we all came into SD-WAN and SASE doubting that the quality of the products would be in place. But I think we've actually seen that the quality is actually there and the stability and the reliability um, of these much more complex software products work better and more stably than routed networks ever did. That's right. I think uh, definitely the SD-WAN stack 
uh, and I can only speak for our stack, right? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the, the secret sauces really was that making sure that there is a layer three through layer seven approach. And it sounds very geeky, but the reality is that that has eliminated a lot of manual operations that network admins and IT admins have had to do, right? And when you mm. think about how the branch integrates with Prisma Access, uh, the fact that you get this one-click integration, uh, including with Prisma Access 2.0, it's just very powerful, right? So, And you can use the same model all the way to your home and a similar model using either proxy or client-based uh, approaches for the mobile user also. Well, I think also the proxy is almost a design requirement for cloud hosted services because you have to send the traffic to a destination. So it fits the model, whereas before proxies were intercepting at the edge of the network and usually in the data center, and it was very difficult to distribute those around. So there's actually a transition in the way networks are consumed. They're in the cloud. There's many more destinations. And you know, Before, everything was in the data center, and the idea that the secure web gateway would be in one place and then you send all the traffic to it, that doesn't scale anymore. It has to be in the cloud to, you know, for most people, I think that needs to be in the cloud so that I can get access to machine learning, updates, patches. I don't want to patch proxy servers anymore. Yeah, we're seeing like very, very rapid growth of Prisma access, right? Including its secure web gateway capabilities. Uh, what's it? I, I think at last count, uh, about 30% of the Fortune 100 are already using Prisma access. Right. Uh, and uh, 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 typically their use cases are uh, Swig. I'm migrating from on-prem uh, secure web gateway. I want, to, I want a cloud-based uh, secure web gateway. Uh, I, uh, the second use case is around zero trust network access, uh, and when they do, when when a customer does a migration to zero trust, and yep. it, it got accelerated with the pandemic, right? Because uh, all of a sudden you have your VPN sitting in the data center, the concentrators, yes. they're not going to scale. You know, if initially you had 20% of your population simultaneously online, suddenly you have 100% of your population. There's only so many boxes you can rack stack. We, hence, we just saw a massive adoption of Prisma Access for both the SWIG and the Zero Trust Network Access use cases. Okay. So you had mentioned earlier something about user experience management as part of this. Now, I think of Prisma Access more as a security solution, but you're saying I can also get metrics around uh, application or user performance? Yeah, and it's something that I'm super excited about. Uh, we, you know, What we did was uh, we actually acquired a company called Cinefa. Uh, late last year, mm -hmm. and we've integrated the Cinefa capabilities into Prisma Access with the 2.0 release. So here's what happens. Uh, you're sitting at home, uh, you're trying to access your uh, email or your other corporate application, or you're just sitting on a Zoom call, and let's say performance uh, gets bad. What do you do? You open trouble tickets with IT. Now IT all of a sudden has every employee being a branch of one, right? <laughs> Creating all these uh, trouble tickets. It's nearly impossible for IT to respond. So now with 2.0, here's what happens. First off, we look at baselines uh, using synthetic traffic. We establish baselines for the various applications and deviations from the baseline. The whole point is to know that a user is having poor experience even before the user reports it. And then, yeah. We are able to show you segment-wise views. Hey, uh, is it because your laptop is running hot or is it because the Wi-Fi signal strength is not good enough? Which means, okay, the solution is 
you know, get, get that Wi-Fi router in your home out of the closet or go sit in a different room. There's no point opening a travel ticket with IT. IT can't help you. Yeah, this is this idea that visibility is much more than monitoring. Monitoring sort of says all the devices in my path are working, connections are up, users are connected. What you need is analytics and telemetry. And I think I've talked about this a fair bit. And digital experience management or digital experience user, digital user experience or whatever the, you know, the marketing term is that you want to use is actually about matching the user and their network experience together. Now, we did a podcast just a few months ago with Cinefire. So if you want to deep dive into the technology and understand more about how the Cinefire technology works, you might want to refer to that show, and we'll put that uh, in the show notes. But to me, that's unusual because up until now, most of that digital experience management has been separated from the VPN. It's been a separate product. So unifying it, I think, is a transition. It, it, it means you've actually rounded out the portfolio. That's exactly right. And what, what it does for, for our customers, right, like you said, is you, you can do two or three things. One is things that an end user has to take care of by themselves, right? My laptop is running hot. It's, you know, maybe I need to stop, turn off the browser and not have so many windows open. Yeah. <laughs> if my Wi-Fi signal strength is not there, okay, I got to fix it. If my local ISP connectivity is the problem, okay, I need to fix it. Yes. But then... After that, there's a set of things that IT can help with. If you can show that, we actually show, hey, if your SaaS provider is running hot, or if the data center is running hot, or if the data center connection is running hot, so you get the separation of concerns. I think the separation of concerns is critical to be able to manage the new scale that IT has. Right At Palo Alto, we moved from 100 branch offices to 10,000 home offices. <laughs> IT cannot scale if every, they're trying to support 10,000 home offices yeah. using the same methodologies of the past. The key value there is that your troubleshooting gets sped up because you have a lot more data on which to fingerprint or to point the finger. You know, Is it the home connection? Is it the home DNS? Is it the cloud service that's doing the scanning? Is it the SaaS service? And if you can work out which of those it is much more rapidly, you're actually saving a lot of money. It's this mean time to innocence that we talk about a lot. It's not the network, but the assumption is that it is always the network. And unless you've got a digital experience management solution, which you can say, well, look, we'll be monitoring that user experience and we can see that the problem is very quickly. It's your server. It's the server in your data center, Mr. Server person. Thanks very much. Close the ticket. Bye. You know that. And that's really important in 2021. I, I couldn't agree more. And the fact that uh, it's natively integrated, I think is, is going to become table stakes uh, in the industry because it's not only about native integration, uh, which helps avoid you know how many clients and agents are going to deploy, right? Mm. Uh, it's not just about that. If you think about the integration that our customers want, you want the digital experience to be there, the same uh, telemetry that you get from your uh, laptop, you want a similar thing from the branch with your SD-WAN, right? And yeah. then if you have all of that telemetry, now it gets very exciting because now you can do correlations regressions, root cause analysis. I think it's also very useful for blaming your telco. If they're offering you a service, say you're sticking with DIA, you might find that they don't actually meeting the SLAs on that note. That's right. Nature of IT is shifting a little, right? It's moving as the customer moves to a more cloud-based model. You no longer are thinking about break fix. You're also thinking about being an SLA manager. And so having these tools that give you, expose the various SLAs can hold your various providers accountable. So... Kumar, we've run out of time, but if folks want to get more information or find out how they can examine Prisma Access 2.0, where should they go? We have this uh, website, uh, paloaltonetworks.com. 
slash Prisma slash access. Right. I'd love for people to go there. All right, paloaltonetworks.com slash Prisma slash access. Kumar, thanks for joining us and thanks to Palo Alto Networks for sponsoring us. You can find this and many more fine free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>